0: You have to ask yourself sometimes, where does the fucking time go? Where does it go, Sean? I have no idea. Episode 90, man. Episode 90 of The Brian Oak Show. Recording no, no, here.
1: we're talking like this the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, Brian. Yeah. Here we are.
0: The 90th episode of The Brian Oak Show.
1: The cool, smooth sounds.
0: <laughs> Soft and warm. The quiet storm. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that.
2: Oh yeah, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not doing anything
0: like that. But I do dig this record, man. That's a good Sunday morning. Uh, why not waking bacon? Yeah, exactly. kind say. of record. <laughs> At least it was back in 1998 when it came out that's music from air episode 90 of the brian oak show here recording in the smart start mn studio on chicago avenue in south minneapolis where it went from summer to fall in about a minute and a half it dropped by about 30 degrees temperature wise and it got cold over the last week Maybe. I'm not cold, cold. It's obviously gonna get cold, but when you're when you're you know, sniffing around with eighties and higher humidity and suddenly it's fifty five for a high, that's a that's a pretty noticeable departure.
1: Did you pull your sweaters out of the attic yet? <laughs>
0: I actually keep them in a cedar chest. Oh you do? Uh, Mothballs, nice. yeah, no, nothing yeah. like that. No, they're <laughs> wadded up in a corner of the closet like everything else that I own.
1: I got you. Yeah. That's how I roll. That's kind of
0: kind of the way it's done. Um, you know, normally we will do a little segment right up uh, in the front before we get to today's featured guest. But let's go ahead and bring him in now because he's no stranger to the Brian Oak Show. And that would be, well, I like to think of him as the guy on the other side of the bar because that's where we really cemented our friendship. But he's also a guitar player for Dillinger 4. And that would be none other than Billy Morissette. Billy, it's good to see your face, man. How are you?
3: I'm doing well, and it's good to see both of you guys. Or should I say, it's good to see both of you guys.
0: Always great to have William (laughs) Morissette back in the Smart Start MN studio. The stylings
1: of William Morissette.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that anybody's ever introduced Dillinger 4 in that kind of a voice. No. It could be fun. Yeah.
3: (laughs) You know, we we actually talked one one time. You know, D4 shows get a little uh, ruckus. To Shall say, we say it From time to time? <laughs> yeah, they do. So, uh, we've talked, uh, you know, people, oh, it was a fun show, but, you know, geez, they, they couldn't play, like, you know, it was terrible. It's like, well, oh, all right, you want to go to a live rock show or do you want us to play perfectly? You know, we talked, it's like, you know what, one time we're just gonna, Not have a drink. We're going to set up on stage with our backs to the crowd and play every song perfectly note for note. And we're going to be called Dillinger
0: (laughs) boar. Yeah. And well, and there may be a few detractors who were like, oh, come on, man. That was sloppy. Like, have you, have you been to a fucking punk rock show? It's not about technical accuracy. It is about, uh, because the majority of people I've ever seen watch you perform live, they're there to have a good time.
3: Absolutely. And so are we. That was kind of what this band was sort of founded on. It's like, look. None of us are on the clock. We're all off work. Like, the band definitely has something to say, but Jesus Christ, let's have a good time while we do it.
0: I think that might be a good anthem for life in general. It's been a little while since I've seen you, man. And um, how are you surviving summer 2020? I am. You
3: know, it's uh, it's kind of peaks and valleys. There are definitely days where I'm, um, you know, kind of things weigh on me, you know, whether it's um the future of the various industries that I'm in, whether it's, you know, playing music or um being behind the bar and uh, a lot of that is up in the air obviously mm-hmm. and um with everything else that's going on in our uh, political climate you know sometimes um sometimes it gets a little blue but you know fall's rolling in this is my weather there's no more uh humidity i love the the the, the crisp air and uh being able to maybe have a fire and see some friends and so it's uh, it's finding the good things where you can, right?
0: Yeah, well, and this is always my favorite season of the year. I always say that October never gets here soon enough for me, and so I actually really liked the temperature drop quite a bit. Oh, and as uh, did I. And, you know, and we're not completely done yet. There's still going to be some more 70s, but th- the bulk of the heat behind us does not hurt my feelings, and talking to friends out in California, now even in Oregon's on fire. Uh, my Aunt Barbara, who oh. lives out on the ocean, and I have a couple other friends who live closer to Portland, they took pictures this morning of the sunrise and literally a Mars red sky up (laughs) over Portland because of all the fires and the winds and the smoke that's going on there right now. So the world's on fire. Go ahead and keep it nice and cool here in Minnesota. Hey, before we dive in with Billy and hear some of the music he had to pick, which actually reflects beautifully on the season, I did want to share one quick story. Billy, you are familiar with the band, The Dead Milkmen?
3: I most certainly am. I uh, saw him back in the late 80s on the Beals of Bubba tour, I remember.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing him. I can't remember. Which tour it was likely it was that tour, first avenue main room is that the show yep. we're thinking of? Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly well, they've been around for a while, but when I was in high school, but you know and i'm older than you, so this would have been more like eighty four eighty five when they first kind of popped with their first couple goofball singles, they were one of those bands that kind of stuck out because they didn't. Well, they didn't sound like anybody else. I mean, their crossover was punk rock girl, right? Right. And they, but they earlier than that, they had some weird. They just they were kind of goofballs, and they didn't really care. <laughs> they were definitely nerdy, but they were also sort of well respected on the punk rock circuit back at the time.
3: Sir, wh- where are they from? Philly,
0: I think so. Yeah. So maybe it
3: was some of that kind of like you know early New York City crossover, this Stevie scene, where it wasn't about a defined style, right? You know, I mean. Art rock, whatever you want to call it. it, was it was all part of the punk scene. Like punk was not, and I don't believe still is a defined musical genre. Agreed, it's, it's so much more, you know.
0: It's attitude. It's it's aesthetic. It is. It's really, in my opinion, philosophy more than anything else. I still will stand by my claim that Devo is among the greatest punk rock bands oh, in the fantastic. history of America. Well, and these guys, they almost embodied. You know what they reminded me of was Jonathan Richmond. Jonathan Richmond of the Modern Lovers, and then solo did that kind of goofy, sing songy thing. And you know he was good, but I always thought he was kind of a cornball, and I never understood why so many people took him so seriously. Right? Yeah. Well, anyway, I bring up the dead milkman because uh, you ever do any role playing? You ever play any Dungeons and Dragons back in the day? I dipped my toe into it. Uh, actually, I liked getting um, like the
3: monster manuals and stuff, and just mm-hmm. um, trying to like redraw all the monsters. I was I was a pretty avid like drawer, you know, and uh, yeah. I just like the visuals of it, I think, more than the actual gameplay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
0: it depends. But I am—I um, didn't just dip my toe in it. I dunked my entire body in it, then dropped <laughs> that. by and then, then went back in and got a good, healthy second coating. Um, yeah, I played a lot of D&D and other role-playing games and different games. Well, I only bring it up because the Dead Milkmen, low these many years after their peak of fame, are going to be releasing a role-playing game module called Lost Tribe of the Bitchin' Chimera. Now, <laughs> a Chimera Chimera, of course, is a mythical multi-headed creature with the body of a lion, the head of a lion, but also the head of a goat and the head of a serpent. And, you know, a classic fantasy monster in within the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Is, is that a Tiamat? Exactly. Oh, look at you yeah, right? with your nine heads. Wow. <laughs> Breaking out the big stuff. The platinum dragon. Um but of course, it's a riff on the you know on the phrase of one of their very first well, and hit is such a strong word. But one of their earliest novelty tunes. But also, we loved this song, man. When I was sixteen years old, I freaking loved this song. So, in celebration of the fact that they will be releasing an honest to god fifth edition D and D game module next month, here is the Dead Milkman with Bitchin Camaro on the Brian Oak Show. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey Jack, what's happening? I don't know. Well, a uh, room around town says you might be thinking about going down to the shore. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go down to the shore. What are you going to do down there? Uh, I don't know. Play some video games, buy some Death Leopard t-shirts. Don't forget your Motley Crue t-shirt. You know, all proceeds go to get their lead singer out of jail. Uh-huh. Can't wait to go down. Hey, uh, we gonna check out the sandbar while you're down there? Uh, what's the sandbar? That's ah, a place that lets 16-year-old kids drink. Oh, cool. Yeah, hey, guess who's gonna be there? Uh who? My favorite cover band, Crystal Shit. Wow. Yeah, they do a tour show. He's I'm really impressed. In fact, it goes a little like this. Number two times, baby. Love me twice today Love me two times, girl Cause I got AIDS Love me two times, baby Once for tomorrow Once cause I got AIDS Pretty good Jim Morrison impression there I hope those guys have a good sense of humor And don't take us into court Uh, what's the court? Never mind that Thing you mean here, the people's court? The, no, that's another story. The important thing here is that we get to the part where you ask me how I'm going to get down to the shore. Oh, how are you getting down to the shore? Funny you should ask. I've got a car now. Oh, wow. How'd you get a car? Oh, my folks drove it up here from the Bahamas. You're kidding. It must be. The Bahamas or islands. Okay, the important thing here is that uh, you ask me what kind of car it is. Uh... Uh, what kind of car do you got? I've got a bitchin' Camaro.
0: That's just some delicious stuff right there. That would be the Seattle trio, Visqueen, right there with the song "Vaccine" on the Brian Oak Show, and of course Dead Milkmen before that. Now, Billy, you're telling me that you've seen Visqueen live?
3: Absolutely. That kind of brought me back a little bit. They um, kind of became a regular band at the Triple Rock. They played there probably at least five times, and every time, just. Completely amazing live and just the nicest group of people you would ever care to meet. And uh, I, I always look forward to every time they came through. Um, yeah. God, there were a lot of shows at T-Rock. Not yeah. Good shows.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and so that band was Ben and a woman by the name of Rachel. And Rachel's who you hear on the vocals there. But they were playing music, and they wanted to keep going and take it to the next level, and they recruited Kim Warnick from Fastbacks. And Kim's like, yeah, I don't have to sing, and I get to just focus on being a killer bass player. Visqueen's Queen's a great band. All their recorded output is worth owning.
3: Oh, absolutely, and and the Fastbacks as well. Like One of my very, very favorites, just uh, incredible hooks and crazy loud guitars, like that. I- it's right up my alley. What
0: else did you tell me? Who was in Fastbacks?
3: Uh, Duff McKagan, the bass player for Guns and Roses, what? was was yeah briefly in the Fastbacks. He came up in uh, Seattle in a in a hardcore band called the Farts. That's uh, Farts with a Z, of course. And, it uh, is. Then, and then I want to say when he when he was like you know seventeen or eighteen or whatever, I, I think he did a stint playing drums uh, for the Fastbacks. And um, I I've read his autobiography and I think maintained a, a pretty close friendship with uh, Kim over the years. I remember. Um, a story in his book when he he was talking about, like, going heavy into the drug years and Kim kind of being one of the people who reached out and it kind of slapped him back to reality. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, going to die, you idiot. Don't like, die. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> Have fun, but try not to die. Wow. it's uh, That's Billy Morris We're going to check in with him again momentarily here. But first, we do want to remind you that The Brian Oak Show is made possible by two primary forces in the universe one is the people who are out there on patreon who support us we thank you very much for your continued support if you're someone who would, uh, listens to the show on the regular and would like to be a patreon supporter you can do any amount you want three dollars a month three million dollars a month whatever you see fit well i'm not saying but i mean just imagine how we could trick out the studio
1: let's just say that you won the lottery wall-to-wall carpeting and you don't like your family patreon brian <laughs> oak show I
0: like the cut of your jib, Sean. I'm going to be honest. I like where is my jib? Yeah, it's. (laughs) Well, just know that it's well cut. <laughs> oh, thank, it's you. Well thank you. Thank you. And a good moil. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There we are. There come the angry emails. But yes, it's, it's Patreon, but it's also our sponsors. And our primary sponsor, and in fact, they're, the studio that we're in right now is named after them Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. And what that means is they help you get back into your vehicle much sooner than you otherwise might in the wake of a DUI. If you drive while you're impaired, a bad choice. But people may bad choices on the regular if it happens to you you can mitigate a lot of the drama and pain of not being able to drive by being able to drive get your head around that
1: yeah you don't have to spend a billion dollars on uber and you don't have to bike on days like today when it's cold and crappy mm-hmm. you can drive your own car you just have to blow into the little tube there and right it starts up the ignition interlock and you're driving
0: i mean and that is the deal you can't drink and drive no. which you shouldn't have been doing in the first place but no. just make sure you can't and because they know then that you won't be you can get back on the road and you can get 20 percent off the installation of the ignition interlock if you go over to the good people at smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show that's oak with an e and let them know you heard about it here sign up there and they can get you hooked up all the details you need are over there Yesterday uh, was the, well, you know, the, I don't know that we're going to air this the same day we recorded. So let's just say earlier this week, it, Labor Day is what would have been the final day of the great Minnesota get together. Now, I hate to bring it up in the presence of one Billy Morissette because a great number of us have gone every year or multiple times every year. I've been every year of my life until this year, but I don't know that I personally know anybody who takes a day at the fair more seriously (laughs) only in terms of planning and commitment to making sure we're going to cover as much ground as possible i'm not saying he doesn't enjoy it i'm saying to maximize his enjoyment to levels that most of us really could only barely dream of (laughs) he is the planner and a lover of the state fair are you making it okay that we didn't get the state fair this year
3: well, obviously it's sad, and, and yeah, you know, to go back to what you said, like, you got to have a plan, right? And and so I usually only go twice a year, and mm-hmm. with the understanding, uh, you know, Sarah Jean, my significant other, knows that every year we go to the fair, the first time, it can only be her and I. I don't want to go with a group of friends, I don't want to meet a group of friends, right. because I have a route planned, <laughs> and no matter where I come in from the entrance, whether it's the front, the north side, whatever, I always walk throughout the entire fairgrounds to my first stop every year, which is always the pork chop on a stick by the haunted house. Oh, I yep. love it! Absolutely, it's uh-huh. it's my, always my first and often my last thing at the uh-huh. fair as well. So I I have a planned route that we adhere to, and it takes it's about a nine hour lap as I eat my way around the <laughs> fairgrounds. You know, start with the pork chop on a stick, go to the uh, the, the cons chicken on a stick next to it, kind of graze my way down to the barns. You know, see the big pig, get the turkey to go, mm-hmm. and you got to cut past. The midway. You can't go into the midway yet because it's still daylight, and you only go to the midnight when the midway when the neon's.
4: Well, if you want to have fun, I (laughs) mean that
0: makes you feel like a teenager again. It's a warm, balmy evening, and you're on the midway. (laughs)
3: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Go through, hit the hit the blue barn area, hit the corn, take the sky glide over to the other side, graze way back, hit the gizmo, (laughs) hit the art building. By the way, top secret uh, for Brian Oak Show listeners here, the art building has the cleanest and least crowded bathrooms at the fairground. (gasps)
0: And look at that. And most mm-hmm. people, you know, the plebs out there, the un, the uncultured types, they're out there waiting in line to go in some stinky thing under a bridge. And you could be in there not only appreciating high culture, but taking a deuce on one of the cleaner toilets <laughs> at the Great Minnesota Get-Together.
4: Fools! Fools, <laughs> I <laughs> Idiot.
0: So now, that, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you because I actually admire your commitment to – I've never doubted your your dedication to anything that you put your mind to, to say the <laughs> least. But I, your, your love of the state fair, it really does rival anyone else I can think of in terms of you've got a plan. Does the plan – move from year to year or i mean like so that pork chop is always first will always be first if there's not like you no there's it's, no that the doesn't change perma- from that's a permanent station okay. like yeah
3: i will walk no matter my entrance throughout the entire fairgrounds to get there to to start with that and there's other must haves you know the pickle dog is a big favorite of mine but 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 yeah going back to loving the fair i think it's because i i love every area of it you know there's some people like oh i like the food but you know, I can't deal with the crowds or no, I only want to go to get these wacky craft beers or whatever. And right. and I love all that. I love the people watching. I, I love uh, the ebb and flow of it. Um, I really love eating, <laughs> you know, like I said, right. which is why we go the first time by ourselves, because I don't want to be in a committee at, Every corner sitting there for five minutes debating whether we're going to go left, right or forward, Uh because I know the next 10 steps where we're going to go. Uh So so Sarah will go with me. I'll eat my way around the fairgrounds. And then the next time we go, we can meet people and I'll just kind of hang in back and let other people drive. And those are the days where I'll just like crush beers or whatever and be on my own. But but yeah, first the first trip is regimented. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and so the fair, I missed it as well. I know a lot of people did. I'm sure the board of directors of the fair really missed it this oh, yeah. year. Uh, there are a lot of people who, I mean, again, welcome to financial hardship, right? Like, you know, you're in a band. You're in the service industry. You are... You're kind of getting it from both ends. So before we talk about that, you know, this the fair is always sort of the unofficial, official end of summer. Right. And that means that fall is right around the corner. So you have brought us some music that makes you think of the fall. Now, the band Leatherface, first of all, why are we going to hear Leatherface?
3: Um, Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head right on the bat there. Like, um, yeah, I did pick songs that sort of, for whatever reason, just remind me of autumn we- weather, you know, crisper, cooler air. Um, and it's really kind of just more of a mood for me in the music. Um, autumn is by far my favorite season. I can do without the humidity. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, it can be mid 60s year round and I would be, be happy with it. But Leatherface, in addition to being like just simply one of my very, very favorite bands, um, and also a huge influence on my band Dillinger 4, um, just kind of evoke that, that feeling that I equate with sort of that like crisp, cooler, time of the season. Um it's a little indescribable but um one of my very very favorite bands and one of my favorite songs from them I I, I think they're just simply great.
0: Here's Leatherface, Not Superstitious on the Brian Oak show. Here's why it's cool to not live entirely in the echo chamber, in my humble opinion. Whether we're talking uh, about cultures, whether we're talking about music, whether we're talking about food or anything, it's easy to surround yourself with things that you know and are comforting. And especially as we get older, you know, even if you're like, I'm an adventurer, almost everybody's a creature <laughs> of habit to some degree, right? And what I like about working at a record store, what I like about having friends with a wide palette of musical taste, what I like about having music heads on this particular podcast cast is i'm always learning new things that's a band that I should know intimately. I loved that song. The band is Leatherface, not superstitious, and when I first got started <clears throat> working at Radio k over at the u of m that's when this was out and it seems like we would have beaten the hell out of that i've never heard Leatherface before, and that was fucking killer
3: incredible right and um you know, like I said, kind of pr- probably uh, you consider them like a band's band, you know I don't think they ever really got the the huge commercial. Success, especially during their initial run, you know, this record, Mush, um, which is kind of the fan favorite record, probably came out in, I mean, 91, you know, right. you know and then they broke up originally in, in 93, so okay. it wasn't long after that, and then they got back together in, like, 99, but... Um, yeah, just uh and they're British, the, you're telling me. Yeah, they're from uh, Sunderland, England, next to next to Newcastle. We got to play with them in their hometown once and we were like I said we were fortunate enough to not only tour with them many times but actually become pretty close friends with those guys and so that was um uh, a, a really cool, exciting thing that that happened not only to me but to to the entire band. The band just absolutely um, loves them and has always kind of looked to Leatherface as a pretty direct influence on what we do.
0: That I think that's awesome. And now I'm going to go home and get their album Mush because I like that enough. And you described it when you as the song was just starting. You're like some people say, Husker Do meets Motorhead. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And
0: yeah. I, I'm, uh, fine. That sounds really <laughs> wonderful. And you weren't you weren't wrong about that. Uh, that's music from Leatherface. Here we got Billy Morrisette on the Brian Oak Show, which is supported. In in part by our good friend, Sean Bernard, because he is a realtor. And you might think, yeah, anybody can sell me a house, sell my house, help me buy a house, whatever. Why would people be surprised when they meet Sean Bernard that, nope, this is the guy I go with?
1: Well, I actually give a shit, which helps a little bit. But mm-hmm. the other part is, it's going to be fun. So right now, we have uh, Jim and Nancy, they're uh, listing their place tomorrow, Friday, mm-hmm. um, which will be great. It's our our, our first real uh, Brian Oak Show listener who is using me for real estate. Look at that. So I didn't piss off everybody. Not yet. A couple people actually. The the sad thing for Nancy is that Jim has the same cheesy sense of humor that I have. Yeah. And so we are just annoying the shit out oh, of Nancy right now. Like she can't handle how irritating we are
0: so if you if you if you like think that something is funny a thousand times or you're really into dad jokes you're gonna make a special buddy with your realtor sean bernard
1: yes and so like right now the the house that that they're selling we're talking about putting a moat around it first and a drawbridge and of course the python references are just flying back and forth and nancy's just like oh kill me (laughs) (laughs) me but first but first help us buy a house but then kill me exactly so if you know anybody who wants to hear more bad uh Jokes, uh, 612-859-2594. That number is also text-worthy. You can also call them at 1-800-NERD-ALERT. Nerd alert. alert. (laughs) It's the jib hotline. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I changed my mind about liking the cut of your jib. I just mostly, I'm okay with the cut of your jib.
1: It's not a bad cut. Yeah. It needs a little bit more of a trim.
0: As jibs go, it's decent. (laughs) Also, Buster's on 28th, they're a local eatery. They also have great (laughs) beer. They have great wine. They really do have very good food. All three of us in this room have been to Buster's before, and um, they do a good job over there. And like we've been talking about, and we're going to talk about more in a minute here, that industry, the restaurant industry, especially independently owned places, the margins weren't gigantic to begin with. And we, you know, obviously I don't need to tell everybody what it's like these days, but the number of places, both big and small, that are now closed permanently. Butcher and the Boar? Oh, are you kidding me? That pissed Wild. me off. And I didn't go there often. You know, that was maybe a once-a-year kind yeah, of destination. special deal. But, oh, my God. I mean, to think of a place that established going down... It's and it's going to get worse. I mean, we're going to lose more places, and so I don't want to lose Buster's on Twenty Eighth. It's the best restaurant in my direct neighborhood, and so for selfish reasons, I don't want to. But that's what makes our communities and our neighborhoods communities and neighborhoods, right? I mean, you want people that are invested in the neighborhood and who do something good, whether it's a bike shop or I don't know, like um, what do you, I lie. What do you lesson call lesson. what do you call people who balance on bowling pins, like on like
1: uh, nerds? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: unicycle lessons it really it could (laughs) could be it could be anything support your local businesses busters on 28.com you can now order online you can do curbside pickup if you don't want to be around the people you want to be around the people they've got a nice patio out there where you can socially distance or you can go inside busters on 28.com what are you giggling about over there
1: oh just nancy nancy actually just texted me because we mentioned her on uh tuesday's episode as well and she said thanks for the shout out on today's podcast I feel almost famous. Wow.
0: Well, that being said, if anybody wants to support any of our sponsors or you want to buy a house, uh, you know, I mean, we'll give you a shout out. Give (laughs) Sean a call. What's that number again? (laughs)
1: 612-859-2594 or 1-800-THUNDER.
0: Believe it or not.
3: (laughs)
1: Thunderjib. <laughs>
3: it's my new side project. Oh,
0: Thunderjib. Exactly. Thunderjib with the Romanian Philharmonic. <laughs> exactly. A collection of early acoustic numbers. Billy Morissette, you are guitar player in the band Dillinger 4. You are also my favorite bartender in the Twin Cities. And so that puts you, in, you're in sort of the Malachi crunch of the, the pandemic, the riots, the all of it. I mean, you are in two of the industries that are hit the heart by the fact that we can't go out anymore, that we can't do things the way we used to do them. And I'm wondering, you know, so everyone's trying to just keep their head straight with COVID brain and the world not being like it used to be, but also it hits pretty close to home for you. How do you cope with that kind of stuff? Are you just rolling with it or is it hard?
3: Well, I mean, obviously it's hard, but I mean, there's really, it's a pretty simple defined measure of what we have to do to get through this, right? I mean... Be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Socially distance. You know. I mean, that there's really not another way we're gonna we're gonna get around this. And yeah, it is scary, but because you know what happens when all of a sudden all of the independent music venues are gone and they stop uh, giving um, local local bands uh, a shot, and all of a sudden we're just controlled by 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 the clear channels of the world. Um, you know? And um, mm-hmm. it's it's not just the loss of food and drinks and nightlife it's it's all of that together it's it's the loss of, of American culture whether it's all of that and then like you said bike shops like small galleries um people that are supporting independent you know works of art and effort across the board and when that's at risk and we lose that that's 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 a huge loss and that's something that we can't easily get back and um you know it's it's kind of terrifying to think that we might be headed towards a future where nobody can survive except for the the multinationals you know um that's that's i don't want to have a choice between burger king and and McDonald's every day. I want, you know, I want yeah. more. I couldn't <laughs> agree.
0: Or I couldn't agree. And I think that we were already trending that direction even pre COVID. Like, my parents live up in Maple Grove, and essentially, Maple Grove has turned into one of those giant manufactured shopping villages, which, you know, it's, it, it's made to look like you're wandering up and down an old timey town streets, uh-huh. but it is all. National chains or international chains. There are a handful of mom and pops in there somewhere, like a craft store here or an Irish pub over here, but the vast bulk of it is national chain stuff. And we're not watching a lot of those go down. We are watching a little tightening of the belt, but we're watching these mom and pop places that were pure labors of love. You know, very few people at that level getting independently wealthy, as we've talked about. And but they are the things that help define our neighborhoods. Like if I go to a different town, I want someone to tell me about something I've never heard of. want hmm. a greasy spoon i want a hole in the wall and those places aren't going to make it if we don't do what we can to support them and you know and I, I oh it's just it's such a difficult spot to be in i know i'm not breaking any news here but everybody wants to go back to some semblance of normalcy we all want to get back out i'm tired of not seeing oh, music i'm I tired of not to go going to, to restaurants yeah. but also you know it's if not done properly then we're going to shut everything back down again i just i'm trying to stay positive positive but I feel like there is a winter of darkness out in front of us.
3: It's, it's hard not to have that feeling. I mean, you want to stay optimistic, but you also have to be realistic, you know, and, and this is why it's so important come November to get out and make your voice heard. And not only, you know, vote in, in these, um, national elections, but really, really vote local too. You know, it's not just, you know, yeah, Biden sucks. Vote for Biden. Great. Um, you you need to 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 elect your local representatives as well you know you can't just focus on the bigger picture Pit, you know changes start small and swell mm-hmm. um and and you got to make that effort you know you got to you got to get out there and make your voice heard
0: well, and, and I know it's not within everyone's means to, you know, single handedly swoop in and support every local restaurant or every local craftsperson of any stripe. Um, you know, it's interesting. I work at a record store now and people still love their records. They're getting their hands on. Re- but there's a knife sharpening place across the street in mm. downtown Hopkins. No, 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 no. You're going the wrong way. I can already tell by the way you said that. No. What blows my mind, though, is I was I was thinking I'm like, you made enough money knife sharpening. <laughs> to, to have a store in the first place in the best of times. And then now, but I mean, like, people are going in and out of there constantly. And so that always gives me hope. I'm like, people are still getting their knives sharpened. I mean, people are still doing life. And I'm right now, I make less money than I have in a very long time. But I still, every opportunity I have, go to, uh, you know, a record store or go to a local place. You've got to support these things. I would love to go see a show, you know... I've, I've watched lots of the online streaming stuff. I have yet to go to really a properly social distanced outdoor concert, but I know those are starting to pop back here at the end of summer quite a bit. It's not the same thing, but we all, we all kind of have to suck it up, don't we? And, and you looking forward to November, I think, is important in the midst of all this. Um, when it comes to doing research, I mean, I, for me at the national level right now, if you are someone who is undecided, Really just kind of sitting back and waiting to take it all in. And really, I, I, what I need to hear is some of the specific policies and debates. I don't believe it, that anyone like that exists. But when you start to get down to the local level, there are shades of gray. And doing your homework, I know it can sound like a pain in the ass, like, what am I going to vote for city council? Whatever the case may be, it doesn't take very long to do enough research to know how many of your personal values are echoed by candidate A versus candidate B versus candidate C. And it may not have ever been more important for us to be active participants in this democracy, informed participants. No, it does not mean you have to quit your big time job and go work (laughs) at a nonprofit. No, it does not mean that you have to start showing up at secret book meetings and wearing your bandana a particular way to indicate your loyalty to the right Mm. factions. Or does it? But it does it does. It does behoove every single one of us, especially. Everything is in flux right now. And when it resolidifies be that a year from now, be it five years from now, what we do right now is going to have a huge impact on what probably the rest of a lot of our natural lives look like. And so I, I couldn't agree more with what you just had to say right there, Billy. We need to pay attention. And I'm not even saying do it one way or the other. But right now is the time where if we don't assert our voice, we risk losing even more of the democratic freedoms than we've already lost up to this
1: point. And you can say you want things to get better, um, especially after what happened with George Floyd, Um, but it's really going to take place if you actually say you're willing to part with some of your own tax dollars so that the schools in Minneapolis actually have proper funding and Mm -hmm. aren't one-eighth of what they get out in Apple Valley or Minnetonka. You know, you actually have to go vote for... Ways that may make you a little bit uncomfortable, so that more people in the Twin Cities have an opportunity to survive first, and then maybe have the opportunity to live at least somewhat of a decent life.
3: Right, and and I think living a decent life comes from the funding of the arts, funding from like art programs in school, music programs in yes. school. I mean, there there's there's more life than just getting by. You know, at least, at least there fucking should be.
0: Yep, you know. <laughs> Well, and that's why we, we need to keep our communities vibrant. We need to keep our communities sane and healthy. And that really comes down to every single one of us doing what we can. Let's get to another song, Billy, before we start to really solve all the world's problems. <laughs> right. I, feel, I feel like we were this close, but I'd like to derail that briefly with some music. And this is a band I know that you like and I like as well. I remember their very first full-length. They had a couple EPs out early on in the mid-'90s. And their first full-length, they got signed to a major label. This was sort of the very and of um, Alterna Bands getting major label deals right out of the gate. They signed with Elektra, and they put out a series of sneaks, which I thought was a fantastic record. Now, they would grow in brilliance and and sort of willingness to explore and experiment, and it's all kind of based around the primary lead singer – I know he's not the only one in the band that's important, but he's kind of the main deal, Britt Daniel. Spoon is a good band, man. I mean, arguably one of the best American bands of the last 20 years.
3: I really, really like this song, and I was kind of late to the party. This was actually the very first song from Spoon that I ever heard, and it was one of those moments, again, at the Triple Rock. I think we were cleaning up after a show, Bowers Closed, and the sound guy was playing this song, and it was one of those, like whoa, put everything down and go find out what this is moments, you know, like you hear something and you immediately like need to know, like, this is for me and I need to know more, more right away and, uh, ran over and they, they told me the name of the song and this record, uh, Gimme Fiction had just dropped and ran out immediately and, and bought it. And this was really my, my intro to this band. And I'll admit, um, still my favorite record from them. I've, I've since seen them live and kind of dipped deeper into the catalog but this one will just always have a special place for me and again kind of fits my motif today about just um weird atmospheric like fall music in my mind <laughs>
5: Sleeze is
0: Kind of like, um, I God, I wish I could remember his name. I shouldn't have even brought it up. I was going to say, kind of like, you know, you think of Depeche Mode. Who do you think of when you think of the band Depeche Mode? Uh, Martin. Oh, well, you's okay. So you think of Martin. You're one of the few people. (laughs) Most people think of the lead singer, David Gahan. Right. I mean, you think he's the voice and the face. But Martin Gore is the one who wrote every single song that Depeche Mode ever did. Well, it's not quite like that in this band. But there are other members of the band that are equally important, even though Britt Daniels sort of your your face of the band spoon. It's episode 90 of the Brian Oak show. Billy, what are we going to do?
3: in in the in the royal sense yeah of the royal we exactly exactly <laughs> no
0: actually the infinite we the the mm-hmm. we of everybody i don't expect you to single-handedly pull us out of the mire out of the this darkness of the soul but what are we gonna do
3: well we we're, we're, we're gonna do what we have to do right i mean there's there's no way we can't Do what we have to do. Well, there Uh, is,
0: but it's just that the 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 end of that story is a particularly bleak one if we don't do what we have to do.
3: Well, you know, there's always the Thanos
4: option. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, there's not the Thanos
3: option
0: because I I feel like there's a couple of Thanoses out there that might pull the trigger on that. So you said you don't like summer; you prefer fall. What is it you love about fall?
3: the, the weather i, I love the, the the crisp air I love um the fashion of it I think everyone looks great the long pants light jacket shirt whatever mm-hmm. um, I love um the the smell of a fire at night the, uh-huh. the crisp leaves um the sound of walking on the leaves um no humidity that's a big one it's a, <laughs> to me that's the biggest one but um, yeah and, and it's and it's beautiful you know um the 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 turning of the leaves the turning of the seasons um it, just is absolutely my favorite in in so many regards.
0: It is mine, too. You know, I do enjoy, especially after a long, cold winter, that sort of bloom of spring. But then the seasonal allergies kick in, and I'm, like, fucking done with it. No, fall is by far my favorite. And you not only pass the test for picking fall as your favorite, but you get extra credit because on that long list of things you said you love about the season, the word pumpkin never came up once. And <laughs> I I don't know why, you know, with, with all of the amazing scents and flavors of the harvest season... Why we decided to go with a giant muddy gourd as the main flavor profile of this time of year. Pumpkins are nasty, man. Pumpkin-ish. I'm not a fan. I don't want it in my mocha. I don't want it in my checks cereal. I don't. I'm not a pumpkin guy,
1: man. Simulated pumpkin, not so much. But I can take one piece of pumpkin pie. That's all yeah. I need. Just one. That's as close Grandma's as Grandma's pumpkin get. pie. One piece. It's the real deal, not the bullshit, fake. ...whatever chemical they put in to try to make it taste like pumpkin. Does it have a 50-50
0: ratio dollop of Cool Whip on top of it?
1: You're damn straight it
0: does. Well, then 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 I'm in.
3: Well, did you uh, go across the street and get your knives sharpened to uh, (laughs) stab stab some pumpkins for your jack-o'-lantern then?
0: (laughs) I do love carving jack-o'-lanterns, As do
3: I, because Halloween is the best! Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And
0: again, you and I love Halloween more, and that's, that's breaking my heart. I mean, you know the party I'm talking about, that I've had that same party with those same people... For more than twenty-five years now, and it's a party where you're not allowed to show up if you don't at least try your costume. Fantastic! No, nobody has to have Hollywood-level theatrics. Although some, many people show up and they do indeed. <laughs> Absolutely, it's taken very seriously, and I think they're still going to try to do some variation on it this year.
1: But everybody's gonna be like Dracula. With a mask. <laughs> They're going to be, you know.
0: Oh, I think you can incorporate
3: a mask into your costume. Everybody's
1: going to be that, whatever I, it oh, is. I've,
3: I've already
0: started this year's costume. <laughs> I've already begun construction. I was going to say, but I mean, yours is just like a better version of the the year priors every year, right? I mean, you've got I, your thing.
3: Yeah, I, I. well, I usually have a couple different costumes. Every year, yeah, I do a, a Jason Voorhees yes. look. Um, And because it's one of my great joys, especially as I get older, to... Terrify small children on
0: Halloween. That's one of the greatest things about Halloween <laughs> oh, because you know that I mean, that's the joy of Halloween. You shouldn't be entirely certain. You shouldn't <laughs> feel entirely comfortable. It doesn't mean it has to be gory or awful, but you know what? Being afraid to walk up to that house <laughs> and ask for candy that's the right thing oh, to do so good. I That's think the right thing to do. I think
3: my do. record is about a solid three-quarters of a block of a child running in terror. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, and I laughed and laughed. Oh, yeah, we laughed. <laughs> <and laughs> <the> children crying. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I do, as you know, I do the the Jason Voorhees you every do. year, you know, and uh, and I love doing it from hand. You know, I love handmade costumes, and so I like uh, going out, getting the clothing And sitting there with a seam ripper and sandpaper and paint and aging my own clothes and um, doing it myself. And whether it's making, you know, um, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of the Friday the 13th franchise. But whether it's making my own uh, custom look or um, I've made some uh, more screen accurate looks. And so this year I'm going back and doing a look I have not ever attempted before. I'm doing a classic part 2, which if you're a fan of the franchise or not, you might remember, that's pre hockey mask Jason Voorhees. That's the one where he's got the bag over the head. Kind of the oh. the town the dreaded sundown kind of look. Nice. Just got the one eye ripped out. Yeah. yeah. The, I
0: don't remember that. Oh yeah. Wow. And he's
3: really creepy. He's just got the overalls and yeah. the, the creepy bag head and like, yeah, really kind of terrifying.
0: You saying that you are a fan of the Friday the 13th series is one of the most glaring understatements I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. Correct me if I'm wrong. How many installments are there in that series?
3: Well, if you count the 2009 reboot and Freddy versus Jason, there's uh, 12.
0: Okay, very good. So let's just count the first 10. Let's okay. say just just to, you know to be like a someone like a, a, sure. a an acolyte like me, right? Like sure. somebody an, an initiate. Yeah. Um, not so long ago, was it at the Trilon that they showed all 10 of them in a row? Oh, it was an overnight lock-in uh, marathon. I was there. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I know you were. Yeah. Oh, so was... <laughs> the number of people who would commit to, I mean, we're Basically talking just this side of 24 hours I, of Jason Voorhees. Yeah, I
3: think it started at about 6 p.m. And I think we got out at 9 a.m.
0: Oh, my God. And you stuck around. <laughs> now, even you didn't make it through all 10, though, right? Oh,
3: I certainly did. And, oh. and if, if you stuck around, you got a free you got a free print uh, for the show. I have it framed in my basement. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> As as he said, Sean, uh, it just he, he's a fan of the a of the bit. series, a little bit, yeah, which I appreciate. Well, Halloween is coming, and I really hope that people are able to get out there. But I mean, already in recent years, the number of trick or treating kids in my neighborhood has been on the decline. Yeah. I can't imagine that the current state of things is going to help. Um, Yeah, I'm just hoping for better things. And I really am not being glass half empty about this. I just, I think like all of us, whether we're impacted immediately and directly by it or whether you're just tired of things not being the way they used to be, it's, um, I think we all have good days and we all have bad days. Is that fair?
3: Right. And I, I, and I hope that I hope, I hope the kids get a good day for Halloween, man. I hope, I hope they can go out with their families and, and trick or treat (laughs) and wear a mask and be, and be safe and people, will be safe, you know, handing out candy or treats or whatever. You know, I, I'm going big this year. I want to reward the kids that go out, man. I'm going full-size Snickers this year, man.
0: What? Oh, yeah. It's so happening. So all they have to do is brave your horrifying costume, <laughs> edge their way up to the door, and say trick or treat, and either well, they'll be killed uh, or they get a full-size Snickers. Uh, we
3: have we have, we have have a method. You know, Sarah answers the door and hands out the treats, and then normally I creep around from the side of the house or off uh, out of the darkness, and we'll approach from the side or behind, and... Yeah, scare the hell out of me.
0: I love you, Billy <laughs> Morrison. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 90 of the Brian Oak Show podcast. You've been on it. What is this? Visit number four or five? Oh, at least six. Five. Yeah. At least it's
1: five. Have been, yeah, it's yeah. been once a month, but yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you bottomed 90. out, so That's it's been crazy. like 90. two months. I did bottom out there for after a while. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Thanks for bringing that up, Sean. But so I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while. But yeah, it's been, it's been quite a few times. And I'm sorry that we can't get back to doing Whiskey Wednesday. But you know, these things happen yeah, sometimes.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know.
0: Right. Only the good things kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, unfortunately. All right, well, you enjoy your Halloween, man, and it's good to see you. And, of course, we'll have you back again in the not-too-distant future. I hope
3: so. I hope so. We can have some uh, good Halloween music picks, as you and I are both fans of oh, seasonally appropriate music.
0: Oh. Yeah, we might have to get you back in here before Halloween yeah, kicks down. Because, for sure. Um, let's do that for sure, because, yeah, well, maybe we could even have our own little costume party here. What will Ooh. you go as this year?
1: I have to think about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. You, you could go as a realtor. <laughs>
1: that would be really like should i do like the it's terrifying to some people I'll do people. the bleach teeth thing and then spread my arms like really really <laughs> wide
0: Oh, and just a big sign that says "Guaranteed Offer" yes, it somewhere. Yes, that does. guaranteed
1: offer with some sexual undertones. That's oh what
0: my goodness! Well, with that right there, we're going to call it. Um, <laughs> good stuff.
1: All right, Billy, we'll talk to
0: you shortly. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Sean, I'll see you again next time, and we're going to wrap things up with one more pick—a uh, guy whose music I have loved for a very long time, as I know Billy has. Why did you want to end with this song right here?
3: Well, this entire record, uh, Black Sheets of Rain, is not only just one of my favorite records, um, it's kind of one of my uh, great autumn and sort of like gloomy, bad place records. Not that I'm in a gloomy, bad place, but I do like listening to some sad sack music from time to time. Agreed. Agreed. And um, not only does this whole record hit the nail on the head, but this song, just as a, a, a general overview of kind of what's going on, hopefully isn't too prophetic.
0: <laughs> wow! And on that uplifting note, Billy, thank you, Sean. I'll see you again soon. Thanks to all of our Patreon members. Thanks to Audioquip. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And uh, let's go out tapping our toes and <laughs> clapping our hands. Here's Bob Mold. It's too late on the Brian Oak Show.